since you joined me today, I know you need my mini course, Four Steps to Get Out of Your Own Damn Way, the essential guide for women on a big-ass mission. It provides the no-nonsense basics that allow you to remove the obstacles keeping you from reaching your entrepreneurial greatness. I'm giving this to you now, no strings attached. Just go to Creeland.com and click the button to get your copy. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N.com. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. Today, I welcome Diana Elizabeth Jordan to the show. I'm so excited. She's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from me in Los Angeles, California. Yay, I love L.A. Uh, and today we're going to be, I'm sure, talking about some wonderful things because it looks like we are probably full sisters. So before I bring her on the line, I just want to share a little bit more about her. Diana is an award-winning actor, storyteller, speaker, expressive arts facilitator, and creative entrepreneur who celebrates diversity and disability inclusion, conquering adversity and fostering personal and professional growth through the power of the performing arts. Diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which mildly affects her speech and gait around age two, Diana grew up determined to not let anything stop her from pursuing her dreams. She has been featured in film, television, and theater, and was the first actor with a disability to get a Master's of Fine Arts in acting from California State University, Long Beach. In 2014, she launched her edutainment production company, The Rainbow Butterfly Cafe, creating artistic treats to nourish the mind, heart, and soul. Welcome, Diana, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. I'm so, so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here, Diana. We were just lamenting the lovely weather. <laughs> I know. And actually, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful fall day. I'm looking out my window now. The sun is shining brightly, and it's not too hot. It rained yesterday morning, so it's just that really crisp, nice, not too hot. It's a beautiful day in October here in L.A. Oh, uh, now I want to come there because I miss it. I miss it. Come, come, come. We'll go to Starbucks or something. They come. Yum, yum, yum. You, you, yes, it's a date, absolutely. So um, I would love to get to know you better and to have my audience get to know you better. So sure. I would love to hear more about, you know, who you are, your story, and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way. Well, um, like you said, I, um, I, I always, I, I joke to it, I joke that I've been, I've been conquering it for literally since the day I was born, and I, mm-hmm. I, I believe I was meant to be, a, I'd say, um, I was meant to be an actor because I entered the world in a high, dramatic fashion. I didn't, I wasn't breathing on my own when oh. I was born, so the doctors, Worked on me. They did an emergency um, C-section on my mom, and the doctors worked on me for 45 minutes before I started breathing on my own. So, as a result of the um, lack of oxygen, I, I, um, 
I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy around the age of two. It affects my speech, and I walk with a slight a gait. I walk with a gait, but um, it's just never, I've never, you know, I've always, but I always knew that I would grow up and be an actor. I've known mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do, and I, you know, I remember um, my dad had an older sister who um. Unfortunately, um, passed away a year before I was born. But I grew up hearing stories about my aunt Rhoda. I, I would watch TV. I'm a you know, 70s kid. I'd be like, oh, I want to be on that show. Or I would imagine that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, a neighbor. I, I'm dating myself totally, but that's okay. I was like, I'm the house on the prairie. I was like the black girl on the little house on the prairie, you know, uh, or, yeah. or, or something like that. And I would create um, t- imaginary TV shows in my basement. So I always knew that's what I wanted to do. And um, I was lucky, and I was also mainstreamed. Um, you know, I went to school with kids who did not have disabilities. My mom fought really hard for me to be mainstreamed. And I remember when I got into high school, um, I was lucky. I went to um, Oak Park Forest High School, which had, an incredible, had and still has a pretty incredible performing arts program. And mm-hmm. um, they had an acting class, and I... I took the acting class, and the teacher there, his name was Mr. Eichram, beloved, beloved, wonderful man. And um, I remember taking my class, and we had these little books, like scenes, you know, acting scenes for teens or whatever other scene book was. And I remember when I went up to do my scene, everyone opened their book as if they may not be able to understand me. And after the, um, and this is my freshman year, after I did my scene, um, Mr. Eichram stood up in the class and said, if you understood her, raise your hand. And nobody raised their hand. And I was was just devastated. And I remember he called me, uh, you know, after class, he said, I wanted to talk to you. And I thought for sure he was going to say, I couldn't take the class anymore. And it was within that period where you could still switch. You know, I thought he was going to say, you can't be in my class anymore. But what he said was, Diana, by the end of the semester, I want everyone to raise their hand. Mm. So he really believed in me, and I was very lucky. I went to a school where Mrs. Polly and um, Ms. Inglehart, who were the other teachers, and my music teacher, Mr. Puller, I was just, I was always told I had to work hard. Ms. Uh-huh. Bergman, who wrote me a letter when I graduated from high school, she was another wonderful teacher. Um, she wrote, Diana, I'm not saying that theater won't be hard for you, because it will, but your hard work and determination will pay off. So Uh I was lucky to have teachers that were supportive but honest that I would have to work hard. And I have worked hard. And so I did. I went on to college. 
I got a bachelor's degree in theater. I got an um, associate degree in occupational therapy as a way to support myself in Chicago. And I started auditioning and getting cast in Chicago theater. And when I came to college, um, Chicago theater was just booming and non-traditional casting was becoming more prominent on the, the theater scene. So I got really lucky that um, I did get cast. Sometimes people would say, uh-huh. you're really good. We don't know what to do with you. I'd be like, cast me. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you have to do. Give me your part. Out, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I honestly say I've had the balance of, you know, support, and then there's always, it's always been a balance, there's been the joys, and then there's the, uh, uh, how, you know, I had an agent say to me once, um, Diana, you're black, you're a woman, and you have a disability, and I'm not a social worker, and I said, well, I'm not looking for a social worker, I'm looking for an agent. <laughs> yeah. you know, 
So I'm creating it as I go along. Absolutely, and I think most people who take a non-traditional path have to figure that out. So exactly. when you talk about anyone who's in creativity or in the arts or in, in business for themselves in any way, um, or, you know, there's, we all have to figure out what's going to work best for us. Um, and, I, and I see that more and more now happening with um, with people of all ages is this kind of I don't want to follow a traditional path right. kind of a, a, a sentiment. And I so I right. think that it's, you know, it's, it's awesome that, that you have created your own path. But it can be lonely out there when you yeah. are blazing trails. It is. And I think you, get, you, you, you have a lot of well-meaning people. Yeah, I remember my my grandmother, my mom, mom used to say, when Diana gets that drama out of her system, you know, not gonna happen, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I, I mean, this is like when I was an adult, I, I was lucky to have my grandmother um, with me well into my thirties. So, um, you know. Well, Diana gets that drama out of her system, and, you know, and I know what she meant. Yeah, she was not supportive because she would always come and see me in a play, and I would say, honey, you knew all your lines. I was so proud of you. You memorized your lines. I'd be like, yeah, I'm kind of supposed to do that. But, <laughs> right, right. It was, it was still sweet, and I just loved yeah. Love that, but yeah, you do, and I think one of the things I think is so important when you're blazing your own path is to define what success means to you, because I, you know it can mean many things. There are people who, I mean, I have my own company. I also have. I started my company a couple of years ago was growing, but I still have another job right now. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, my company is not a side hustle. It's a fully running, functioning company for me. But I also need income because I like to eat. Food is good. <laughs> I like water. So in order yes, to yes. do that, I need to continue to work. And my job, I teach acting at direct show that my work, so it's not even a day job. It's just that I need, to me, it's an extension of my artistry. But until my company is more sustainable financially, and I'm looking for that, um, you know, I need to redefine what success means to me. And I think that's really important for anyone who's raising their own trail is what the, how do you define success? Because if your brother is a doctor, if, you know, you you know, your your siblings are doctors and lawyers and whatever, they they have a different path of what success means to them. And I think it's really important to define what is success for me professionally and personally. It absolutely is, I, and we all need to discover that for ourselves. And the thing is that it changes, you know, from mm-hmm. one point to another. So especially, you know, people who are blazing the trail, like let's say just in business as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. if you own your own business or getting your own business off the ground, right. initial success is typically not financial. Initial success is 
other things. It looks different. So if your only measure of success is financial, then, mm-hmm. you know, that, that there's a reason there's a statistic that says that most businesses fail within the first three years. Right. Right. So if we're only looking at one measure, um, then then we get, we. I mean, gosh, that's like depressing. <laughs> well, well, and, and I I think that's so true, especially in my industry, if, you know, as an actor, if I only looked at the test as having a TV show, you know, if I, that was my only measurement of the test, I was... I would not feel very successful, but I, uh-huh. you know, I've done 40 plays. I've done film and short films. I've, you know, I've been on red carpet. Every film festival has a red carpet. So I've uh-huh. been on red carpets. You know, it doesn't have to be, and of course, would I love to go to the Oscars one day? Of course I would. <laughs> that, that would be amazing, but I can't use that as right. my measure of success as an actor. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's okay for that to be um, a goal and mm-hmm. and to work toward it. Um, but, mm-hmm. but yes, and, and I, I think it's important for people to not only define their, their um, definition of success, but also to keep redefining it um, exactly. every once in a while. Yeah, because it, it, yeah. it changes. Yeah, and we we really need to be able to look at all the different things that might be meaning success. And it's going to be different for everyone because mm-hmm. – and I'm not saying that every – you know, money is a part of some people's definition of success, but there's also, like you said, there's bookings. You know, as an actor, you know, the bookings that you get, can that can be a win. Even going for an audition can be a win depending on how you define success because well, – you know, the, the person who's not, um, you know, trying is different than the person who's putting themselves out there. Well, here's the thing with bookings, and I know, and I know that because I talked to my manager. When you, right now, and because of the Internet, and because so many more submissions are online, a role might get a thousand submissions for one role. It's very mm-hmm. possible to get for one role to get a thousand submissions. A casting director is not going to call in a thousand people because that <laughs> right. would be, you know. So maybe out of a thousand, the casting director would choose to call in maybe a hundred of those people. So that's ten percent. So. Just to get called in, and for me, when I get called in for roles that are non-traditional, that are not disability-specific, even if I don't get it, I know I was one of the 10%, that there were Mm -hmm. a 1,000, and then I was one of the people that even got considered to read for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, you know, I, I just submitted an audition, the other day, and I felt really, really good about it. Um, I, I think they were submitting, they were casting right away, but I, but, you know, it was cool for me because it was not a disability-specific role. And those are, for me, when I get called in for roles 
that aren't about disability, and of course I, I one of the roles where they, if they're looking for someone with a disability, I want them to cast someone with a disability, but I, also, I don't want to be limited to that. So uh-huh. when I get called in for a role that's not disability specific, just the opportunity to read, that's huge for me, because so mm-hmm. much of the acting is not under your control. I mean, it just, you just have to let go and let go and walk on faith. You know, go mm-hmm. when they do your best, because so much of it is not up to you. Right. That is, you that know? is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but talk about faith, right? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it's uh, the definition of you know, something hopeful and not seen. And I think no matter what you do in life, especially if you're oblivious your own past, you have to have faith. And I'm not necessarily talking about religious faith, although for me that's part of my story. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, but you have to have faith. You have to believe, you have to follow your heart and have faith that you have this gift that you want to share and have faith that the universe, God, whatever you believe in, love is had, I don't know, that, you know, that's going <laughs> to open up for you and it's the, your, your determination to stick to it and to I always say feel the faith to feel to feel and risk the disappointment because the only way I think sometimes they say, Oh, that will never work and we don't even risk you know, you have to risk disappointment and risk it may not be working out the way you hoped it would, but that doesn't mean there's another way it will work, but you have to take that risk. There's no guarantee, so you have to be willing to take the risk and say, okay, this is scary. This is so scary. Yeah. And feel, and it's okay to, fear is a human emotion. I I, I always laugh when I say, when I go to the self-help book sections and the, like, Brandon Noble, and they go, how to never feel fear again? I go, well, that. To me, and nothing against, <laughs> yes. nothing against those authors, God doesn't, but that's not normal. Feeling right. fear is normal. It's what you do with it when yes. you feel it. Do you let it stop you, or do you say, okay, this is really scary. I'm, I'm, like, you know, those people in those, and um, why they do it, I don't know. It's like, in those scary movies, and the girls walk into the basement in the dark, even they're like, Hello, isn't anybody there? It's that type of thing. Yeah, I don't even go down there when when I'm not scared. Or like, I don't want right. to go to the basement. <laughs> right. You know, but in our life, we sometimes we have to go into the dark basement in our life. Because maybe when we turn on the light, we'll see something beautiful. But the only way we can know is if you take the risk. The only mm-hmm. way you know is something going to work out is, I mean, I, I wrote a blog once that said the only way to guarantee something won't happen is to never try. Yes. That's the that only is, way that's you guarantee. True. Once you try, 
you at least give yourself a 50% chance of it working out in a really amazing way. Mm-hmm. But if you don't... Absolutely. Know, if you know, and, and honestly, if I didn't try, I'm going to be having this conversation with you. Because even mm-hmm. taking the moment to say, you know, because there is something about, even when I, when I saw your beautiful, you know, ad of looking for people and saying, hey, I think you should interview me. I'm really cool. You know, <laughs> even for me, that's a huge step to say, I'm going to write this person and say, I think you should interview me. And every time I do that, is I have to take a breath because all my insecurities come in and go, oh, who do you think you are? Why is it anybody right. going to listen to you, Dan? Come on. <laughs> but then, it's brutal, yeah. And yeah. that doesn't come out is when you're taking that risk. But if you don't even put yourself out there, then you're, you know, one of the things about not taking risks that I like to talk about is that um, when we don't take risks, we still feel the fear, Right, mm-hmm. we still feel the disappointment or the fear or whatever it is that we're right. not doing something that we want to do. So it's like, do we want to be uncomfortable not taking the risk, or do we want to be uncomfortable taking the risk? Because either way, there's there's going to be some discomfort. Right. It's not like smooth sailing either way necessarily. Right. Um, so so I'm with you. I'd rather like, okay, I'm just going to go for it, and whatever happens is going to happen. I know, I'll share this, and this is a more of a personal story. There was um, a guy I was really, really good friends with in high school, um, and we were very close, and then we lost touch, and, um, and I was wondering from time to time what happened to him, because he was, he was like my big brother in high school. I only had sisters, so, um, a sister, so it was, you know, he was my big brother. Then one day, I just said, I have to find out what happened to him. This was about five years ago. Now we have Facebook and all that. So I Googled him, and it turned out um, he's an artist. And I Googled him. He goes by a different name now. And so I Googled him. And to make a long story short, it was him. And I remember sending that email and going, do you remember a girl named... Diana, and I sent it, because he goes by Paul now, I sent it to Brian, and I wrote, I knew this guy named Brian, because there were similarities when he, because when I read his website, and he said he grew up in Oak Park, I was like, oh my God, but I thought maybe it was, because I knew he had a bunch of brothers, so I, I, I thought, oh, maybe this is a brother, so I wrote him, scared to death, whatever, to, and then I quote, Two days later, I get an email back. We are now the closest. He, once again, those years in a way, he's one of my best friends now. Um, uh-huh. We just, we, we talk about maybe a couple times a month when we can. We're very, very close. We, you know, we, we picked up where we left off, but... There was a part of me was like, oh, he won't remember you. Oh, 
Well, I'm really glad I did that set. I've gotten to know his family. I'm close to his mom. But it's, it's taking that first step and, you know, he, he could have written me back and go, I never heard of you. I don't remember you. I don't, who are you? Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But he didn't. He remembered me and I'm really glad that I sent that email. Uh-huh. Because now yeah. I have this amazing, amazing friend back in my life who was an amazing uh-huh. support system when we were kids. And now he's here in my life again, an amazing part of my my past and my now. Uh-huh. Because I took a risk. Right. Well, it sounds like you take a lot of risks. I yeah. do, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and professionally, yeah. And you know, and you know, I'll be out sometimes. You know, I've said, you know, a career that's heartache and tears, but there's joy. And to me, the joys far away. And you know, there's more rejection than acceptance in my career as far as auditions and stuff like that, but. Every time I book something or even get an audition, that joy, it made everything with it because life, you know, life is hard. Life, we go through stuff. We, you know, I just take into a emailing, um, offering support to a friend of mine who lost her sister three years ago and very tragically and, and, um, it was, were girls that my sister and I grew up with. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's, it's been a, a journey of healing for her okay. to go through this sudden, you know, because it was a tragic accident. You know, it's just been a journey for her. And I was just talking, emailing her. We go through journeys. We, you know, I see on Facebook, my friends now have lost parents. They lost their thing. They go through this. Um, but that's part of life too. The hard stuff is part of life too. It's just giving yourself, telling yourself you're gonna get through it, even though it's really hard. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's hour by hour, and sometimes it's yeah. day by day, and sometimes it's week by week. Um, but you, but people are resilient, and I think we'll find a way to get through the heart. If you make the decision, I'm going to get through this, I have no idea how. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I have no idea how. But I'm going to find a way to to get through this, even though it will be very painful and very difficult, and I'll cry and whatever. You know, and I think that relates to getting out of your own way. It's like, you know, yeah, taking a risk for a job, whatever, that's hard and scary. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. But, but that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. Fear is a good the, thing. I, I never get, you know, emotions are what with, we are human beings. We are supposed to feel. That, that's yeah. part of being a human being is feeling. Not all feelings are great all the time. You know, right. but we are supposed to feel. That's, since we're babies, we feel. That's what we do. We are feeling 
beings. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Good and bad. We are feeling beings, and all of those feelings make us human. That's that's a that's our core. Feeling fear is it's normal. It, it's a mm-hmm. natural thing to feel fear. It's what you do with it is the choice you make. I think. Mm-hmm. I think so too, and I. I'm loving this conversation, Diana, and we are just about out of time. If you can, oh my gosh, even believe it. I know it always goes so fast. Um, but I want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you if they like to okay. learn more about you and your work. So okay. tell us how we can do that. Okay. Well, you can get in touch with me two ways. Um, I have two websites. One is on my full name, DianaEvelyBusJordan.com. And through my company, RainbowButterflyCafe.com. Um, those are my two websites. Um, you can also um, follow me on Twitter at, at D.E. Jordan. That's my Twitter handle. I'm new into social media. I'm on Facebook, but I always forget to, you know, friend me on Facebook. I think if you go <laughs> Diana, even with Jordan, you'll find me on Facebook. To, um, and on my website, you find out more about my speaking. I have a woman, a couple of woman shows about conquering adversity. I do workshops, um, performing art based workshops, um, that foster personal and professional growth and conquering adversity. I have, um, several workshops that, that just, you know, Get in touch with me and we can talk. And if you want to email me, you can email me at um, the Rainbow Butterfly Cafe, the Rainbow Butterfly Cafe dot com. Oh, I mean the Rainbow Butterfly Cafe at gmail dot com. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting a little loopy. I'm having so much fun. I'm getting loopy now. I'm a loopy girl. Oh, it's okay. We 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 don't mind that around here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, being a guest on the show, Diana. It was great to have you. Oh, thank you so much, and please, I'm serious. If you ever get out this way, look me up, and we we'll like go to a coffee or somewhere because you're just you're just lovely and cool, and I oh. I just the best time talking to you. Wonderful. Well, thank you. I appreciate the invitation, and I just might take you up on that because I do love a good Starbucks. Hey. I love the conversation, and I love California. So, Yay. <laughs> cool. thank you so much, and thank You're you all welcome. for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes of people sharing their own Get Out of Your Own Damn Way stories. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.